Today's episode is brought to you by Creative Edge Publicity. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. I am your host, Kim Langling. Thank you so much for spending just another small part of your day with myself and my special guest today, Ann Charles. She's been a guest before, and I am so pleased to have her back. And she has a brand new book out, so we're going to be talking about that a little bit. But Ann is a USA Today bestselling author with a BA in English and an emphasis on creative writing from the University of Washington. She writes spicy, award-winning mysteries full of mayhem, adventure, comedy, and suspense. She writes the Deadwood Mystery Series, Jackrabbit Junction Mystery Series, Dig Site Mystery Series, Deadwood Undertaker Series with her husband, Sam Lucky, and the AC Silly Circus Mystery Mystery Series. That's a tongue twister. (laughs) It is. Her Deadwood Mystery Series have won multiple national awards. She is a member of Sisters in Crime and Western Writers of America and is currently toiling away on her next book, wishing she was on a Mexican beach with an ice-cold corona in one hand and a book in the other. And when she's not dabbling in fiction, she is arm wrestling with her two kids, attempting to seduce her husband and arguing with her sassy cats. And welcome back to Let Fear Bounce. I've been looking forward to this and hearing about your new book and everything you've been up to. So welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so fun talking to you. So I'm glad to be back. And, and I'm looking forward to what we have to chat about today. And there's always all kinds of stuff. You never know what's going to come up here on this show. <laughs> I know it's, it's incredible. I just, you're so much fun for me to talk to. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So you've got a new book out. So share a little bit about that. So our listeners can hear a little bit more about your newest release. Okay. It's book six in the Jackrabbit Junction mystery series. And the title is a tongue twister. All those titles in that series are a lot of fun. And this one is twisty tortoise tussles and the name says it all the plots full of twists and there's tussles all about uh, with the different characters on the page so it's it's a lot of fun it's very busy twisty full of humor full of um, all kinds of crazy stuff happening and the jackrabbit junction mystery series it's about these three sisters. Uh, they're in their 30s, so they're not young. And they're down in southeastern Arizona. Uh, originally, the first one, Claire, came down. She's a middle sister, actually, because their their grandfather went down there with his army vet buddies to find some women. They're older guys, and they're lonely, and they decided, you know, we all want to get some wives and and stop being, you know, these old guys alone. So they were ready to do it. And Claire, that sister, the middle sister was sent down originally because her mother, Deborah, uh, feared that her father, the grandfather would find a gold digger. And so Claire's job was to scout the women and make sure he didn't come back with a gold digger. And Claire didn't really want to go. This isn't her thing, but she didn't have a job at the time. She's never finished college. She's that kind, you know, like, like many of us that have taken a long time to get a degree and then maybe never did. So she's a handy woman. She grew up working with her grandfather, who's a contractor. Um, So she's just kind of a, you know, down there hanging out with the guys. They don't want her there because they're there to pick up women. And the last (laughs) thing you want is your 30 some year old granddaughter around when you've got all these babes coming by the campers, you know, So it's, that's kind of the start of it, but Claire being Claire, she first gets a part-time job at the campground as a handy woman helping out and then gets her nose into everything. Um, 
finding out about all these treasures that have been hidden because the 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 campground owner her name's ruby she was married to a guy that died about a year and some ago and he seemed like he was just an antiques dealer but come to find out he was really a thief of thieves so he would move stolen goods and then he would skim off the top of those stolen goods and hide them around the different areas he owned several mines in the area and then the campground he would bury them he would you know, tuck them away all over the place. So it's kind of in that way, like a treasure island type of story uh, where there's always a treasure that they're stumbling across. And then to figure out the mystery is whose treasure or, or goods, you know, were these? Who, who was the original thief and who do they really belong to? And how much trouble are we in? Because that thief is going to come looking for those, you know, goods that were skimmed. Um, so every book deals with a lot of times different things that they've come across Plus, as you know, book two, here comes the youngest sister, Kate, into the mix and brings the mother down. Um, and that's a lot of family drama. And then by book three, we have the oldest sister, Veronica, coming down. And she's just divorced a, um, her ex, her husband, who is in prison because he was laundering money for some big, you know, criminals. So she's got problems because there's a lot of missing money and things and they're coming after her too. So we've got all this craziness coming down to this little small dusty pit stop of a town in the desert in Arizona. And it involves, you know, there's several fun other characters involved, the local sheriff um, who gets romantically involved eventually with one of the sisters and, and so much more. So it's just a fun, crazy mix. And in this newest one, we've got all the sisters down there. Plus the sheriff's sister is also um, a character who we've grown to know. And she's really funny. She doesn't enjoy being linked to her brother and having to be, you know, the sheriff's sister in public and has all kinds of fun stuff going on. So it's a real character-driven, wild and crazy time with some suspense and, you know, threats thrown in there too. So just a crazy twisty tortoise tussle. Oh, and it sounds like a really fun, well, they all sound like a fun read. And, and I thank you for sharing how that, how the storyline goes. So folks, I hope that you guys out there listening, you'll, you'll hop right out there and get yourself copies of those books. I'm looking forward to reading them myself because they, the myself, because they do sound really fun. And you know, you need those laugh out loud kind of things every once in a while in your life. So I'm looking forward to it. Now I know being a writer, it's not all about writing, right? A lot of times it's about the people that you meet along the way. Now, I know that you've met all kinds of folks and many of them are probably very special, but you just experienced one meeting of one of your readers um, that was quite special. So if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about that part of your journey. I will. And, and I warn I warn you ahead of time that I, this, this gets me a little teary eyed. So I try to keep it, uh, keep it light. Cause believe me, I'm an a number one blubber. So we don't really want to go into that and have it be an emotional show with Kim helping and, you know, deal with all her emotions, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's not the show. So I dedicate this book to a lady named Doris and Doris came along years and years ago. Her daughter, um, Jan is a wonderful woman who has been a beta reader for me for many, many moons. 
Uh, and she, her mom was reading the books too, but Doris didn't have a computer or a Kindle. So uh, Jan would always buy the books and give them to her mom, you know, and they'd talk. And then Doris would send me letters and it was a good time. And Doris was so fun and sassy and just full of, full of it, you know. Um, she was in her 80s, mid 80s when I first met her. And this year, so we're going along and I, I was, I'll, I'll admit, I was having troubles at the beginning of the year. It started last fall. And it took me months and months to get writing on a book again. I just, I don't know whether it was COVID or, you know, stuff with family life we have going on um, with parents aging and whatnot that just kind of knocked me down. And it's really hard to write humor when you're not feeling humor. I mean, you really have to dig deep. So I was taking my time getting going much to many readers going, come on, Ann, you know, what are you doing? So uh, I got a letter from Jan or a I think a Facebook message saying, bad news, Doris has lung cancer. Do you have anything for her to read? She, you know, she's a huge fan of the, the Jackrabbit series. Um, by chance, do you have anything for her to read? And I was like, oh, crap, I don't have anything because I've been just, you know, going through this crazy mire of my own. And then I but I did have the first few chapters of Twisty Tortoise Tussles written and I was slowly working my way back into getting going on that. Um, but that was a real kick in the butt. And I said, no, I don't have anything totally done, but I do have the first few chapters of a book. I've, and it's the series she loves. And I'll tell you what, ask her if she'd like to be a first draft reader. And for me, I have a first draft crew. It's about 10 to 12 people. Most of them I've known my most of my life or, or for decades. And these guys come in um, and they're wonderful. They are, they give me feedback that I need chapter by chapter. Cause that's how I write. I take a chapter, I write it, I polish it. I get it to what I think it's just about done. And I ship it out to the first draft crew and then I work on the next. So it's when I'm really on a roll, it's like a TV show for them. They get an episode every week and they're very patient with me. So it's not an easy thing to be a first draft reader, I think, because you have to go cliffhanger chapter. Oh, now I have to wait a week to find out what happens. And I keep it real small because it has to everybody has a purpose in that first draft group and what I'm looking for. And it's a real vulnerable you know, time for an author. We're not putting out the polished stuff to betas. We're, we're putting more raw out to those guys. Anyway, and Doris said she'd love to do that. Um, and so I said, I'll mail her in the mail, the chapters as I get them done. And then she can mail me back any comments or things she catches, you know, feedback, whatnot. So we did that. We started that and we would write back and forth. And it was a lot of fun um, sending it. And it was a real motivation because you know, I, there were many times when I thought, I really don't feel like writing this week. Um, I'm dealing with this or that, you know, and, but then I think, oh man, Doris, Doris needs these chapters. We are limited. You know, the doctor had said they didn't know, um, I think back then if she'd lived to her birthday, which was the end of July. So it really put a time limit on me. And I kept thinking, no, she's going to be fine. It'll be, it'll be great. We'll make through it. I tried so hard to finish the book by the end of May, because at the end of May, we were heading to Ohio to see my family. And then also wanted to swing by and surprise Doris with a little trip. She didn't know it. I talked to her daughter about it. We set it all up. She was about three hours away from where I was visiting with my family. And we thought, okay, this is, this is a great opportunity. We're swinging over into Pennsylvania. We're going to see her. And we did. And oh my gosh, it was the 
funniest. Oh gosh. She was so shocked because nobody told her it was so fun. She didn't know who I was at first. And for a moment I thought, oh, I got to tell, I got to tell her who I am. <laughs> She's seen a few pictures, but of course you don't expect someone from Arizona to come walking up on your porch where you're sitting. So yeah, it was, it was just so amazing. And um, her son, who was really cool, came and uh, his daughter was there with us to help. She had been there with her to start. And then he came and he had a really cool antique car. And I can't remember what it is. My husband would tell me exactly again and again what it is. But anyway, he took uh, my husband and son for a ride. We had just a great time. And then I could, you know, she showed us her house and everything. And we could see she was getting tired. So it was time for us to go. Plus, we needed to get further down the road. We were going to hit Gettysburg and then come back, swing around back home. So we, we had to leave and we said our goodbyes and took off. And I wasn't done. And she said, get it done. You know, and I was like, I know, I'm sorry. I thought I'd ride on the road, but I just can't. So it was real motivation to get my buns home and finish the book. And I did. And you know, there's just books and, and you know, this Kim that you think, okay, I'm done now it can get out, but it's not, you know, editing and getting it all sparkling and ready for publication for me takes a month. And that's with a kick butt editor who she goes in and she does, you know, she, she'll move me to the top and get it done if need, you know, whatever it takes to help me get these books out. And so we moved as fast as we could trying to get it done by her birthday, Doris's birthday at the end of July, so we could have print books to her. But I did get the ebook. We, we published the ebook. So it was out. And I did send her the dedication, which I did to her. I sent it to her in print because I was, I know me, I know writing and, and I know the publication process. Nothing it's rarely that it goes smoothly. So we got the ebook out and we were trying, busting our hump to get the print done. And we're having all kinds of trouble with Amazon holding on to it and just the, the craziest details. And in the meantime, Doris passed away. And I was like, oh man, so close. But then my, um, my husband had to say, no, you know, we did it. We did it. We got it through. So, ah, okay. So that's as far as I can go. Now I'm teary eyed too. <laughs> You and I don't I don't care if we get emotional on here because that's life. Life is real. You were such a blessing to her. Mm. What a major blessing for her to meet in person and to be surprised, no less, by one of her favorite authors. I can't even imagine the joy that she was feeling in her heart <laughs> at having you know gotten to meet you and your family. And you got to you made a special trip to see her. And as one of your, you know, readers and fans that's like a dream come true for a lot of people and I think what a blessing you were at the end of her journey and that's probably I think it's exactly how it was meant to be you were supposed to enter her life and be that blessing for her it just happened to be at the end of her life's journey but what an amazing story and thanks for sharing that because I'm sure her family appreciated it and I'm sure that you and your family carried something back home with you that you probably didn't have when you went there we did i mean it was a blast we would have liked to have stayed and done a little bit more but of course she was getting tired and the other thing is we had picked up a kitten in ohio so we have this thing we do um, a lot of times when we travel if we're in need of a kitten because you know we keep a certain amount of cats around and it's not like we go through cats like crazy but <laughs> and i mean that sounds like we, I know, we go through cats <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
but we do live in the country kind of up here in Arizona and our cats do get outside. Um, mostly they're inside cats, but they do get out. Um, there's times when we have the screen open and, you know, they're really good. Most of all the cats we have, they just go outside and they'll come right back in, but they just like a little bit of outside time and they're in at night. But we have had cats we've gotten in time from shelters and different places that just, they just go and disappear. They slip out and they're gone. And you're like, well, hopefully they come back, but we do have, you know, fox up here, coyote, all kinds of critters. And so we lose cats at times. Um, it's part of nature, you know, we figure, and it breaks our hearts a lot of times, but we do also like to keep a certain amount of cats in our house because we just love them. And we would have dogs too, but we travel enough that it's too hard and we don't. And, and I've had a lot of fans go take the dogs with you. Well, you know, it's one thing to travel on your own. It's one thing to travel with your spouse. It's a whole nother thing to travel with children. And it's a whole nother thing to travel with children, spouse, and a dog, you know? So we just prefer <laughs> to, but we do get kittens along the way because one thing we've learned is that when you pick up a kitten, you know, somebody's got them for sale or cheap or whatever farms, we get them, like my uncle always has kittens in the spring. It seems like when we go, you travel with them for four to five days in a vehicle and you really bond. They bond to the human, you know, way more than if you just get a cat and throw them in your house with a bunch of other cats where they bond with the other cats, which you want too, but we want the cats to bond with us as well. So by the time, you know, five days on the road, we get home with this kitten. This kitten is all, knows all about traveling, can ride in a vehicle, no problem, loves us all so much and is hanging us. We are part of the pack. And, and so we had a kitten and it was hot. And so my daughter did stay in the van when we stopped and, and with the van running and kept, you know, entertaining the kitten. She came up a little bit, but then we had to go get the back with the kitten. And you don't want to just carry a kitten around because then they, you know, they'll jump out if they get scared. So anyway, so we did have that. And so with that, and then Doris, you know, she was struggling already by then. We just knew we can't stay long, but just enough to have fun. And it was so cool to get to see her house. I don't know about you, Kim, but one of the things I, I always did as a kid, when somebody would talk to me on the telephone that was, you know, back then stuck to the wall, I always wanted to go in their house and see where their phone was. Because when I called them on the phone, I needed to picture them talking on their phone in the room, in the setting, you know, maybe that's a precursor to us being authors. I don't know. But so I loved getting to see where she was when she had told me different things she was doing, because then I could picture that finally. So yeah, it was, it was such a great time and it was such a good kick in the butt to me to get going again. And since then I've still been going, you know, it was like, get your butt back up because our job as authors, many of us, not all of us, but in my mind, I should say my job as an author is to entertain and give people readers something to um, lift them up. That's why I write comedy. It's, it's not just to make myself laugh while I'm typing on the keys. It's to give you some re something to go away from maybe something in life that maybe not, you know, is a trouble or is a heartache or, or whatever, or just to escape and have fun. Even if your life's going well, just escape and go do this for a bit. I love that about books. And that's what I wanted to, you know, put out there, but like so many authors, you know, the last few years have just knocked us down and made it hard to write. So Doris kicked me in the butt and here I am.
back to writing, back to publishing, back to what I do, you know, and know how to do. And, you know, she's going to be one that sticks with you forever. I think so. Um, there's a couple others in past books that I've dedicated to that it's, it's a similar thing. It's a heartbreaker, but it's, you know, part of the reason that the book is there because of them. And so I do that and I don't like, I, you know, I, I, I think a lot of times I try to dedicate the books to people that uh, readers, you know, to the readers in general or different people that, you know, but every now and then there's somebody that it's, it's a little bit sad when it comes along with it, but it was a, it's a fun story and um, it's just full of so much action and, and humor. And <laughs> it was just a great time to write it and to know I was writing it, you know, you, you write as a writer for your readers, not always. I mean, a lot of us like to say, well, we write for ourselves, but we do also write for readers, I think, a lot of us. And so to have someone you could actually think about when you're writing to is a little different for me. That was fun. You know, and I often wonder if if readers and I myself, because I'm an avid reader. I mean, I, I'm a voracious reader. I read all the time, probably one to two books a week for sure. That's minimum. Yeah. And I read all kinds of different things, whatever catches my fancy that week, you know. But I know that I, I like how you said, you know, a, a way to escape, to escape, because that's what books right. are for me. Right. I can fall. And when I can fall into, and that's how I always describe it, because that's how I see it in my brain. If I can fall into that story. And when that book ends, you're sad to see it end because you feel like you made friends. Right. That's like, to me, I'll get done with a book and say, brilliant writer, brilliant writer, you know, because <laughs> I fell into that story. I got to know the characters and I felt like, you know, you could just pick up the phone and call them. And that sounds like that's how your books are. The characters are just so filled with life and all their quirks and craziness and all of that, that you, that you get to know them. I often wonder though, if readers, and I think maybe myself as an author, I realize it more, but if readers realize what it takes on the author's side, it's not just sitting at a computer or a typewriter and typing out words and thoughts. So much of you and your heart goes into it. And as you said, life is still happening around you. Right. But you have to dive into this other world that you've made for your readers. Right. And I, that's not an easy thing. That is not an easy thing at all. And I'm glad that you shared both sides of that today, because I, I would, I hope that readers, and I'm sure that, you know, a lot of the listeners are readers that, that they realize that. And so next time you're holding a book in your hands, folks, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, whatever mm -hmm. genre it is, realize that there's a person with a whole life going on behind them that wrote that book. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it takes, as you know, it takes not just time there's, and it's not just mental energy. Like I'm taking typing tests and I have to focus. Um, it takes digging, digging deep and sometimes digging really deep to try to pull that out. Uh, the dialogue and, you know, being a writer now, when I come across a book and the dialogue is just snappy and, and just there and wonderful and I'm laughing along or crying along or whatever with it, uh, I like to every now and then just step back and think, wow, what it took to make this thing do what it's doing. And it's eliciting these emotions, you know, pulling them from me too. So what it took from the author to get that on the page I, you know, I often say on a, on the funny scenes, 
if I'm not chuckling as I write it, then it's not funny enough. And I have to work it a little bit more. Um, drawing out that humor is not easy. And I didn't really think about it because I've just always written this way till I met another author and um, she writes humor and she's wonderful. And she said to me, do you realize how difficult this is to do what we do to make people laugh on the page? Um, writing humor is not easy. And I, I guess I, I said, I haven't really thought about that. I've just, this is what I do. And she said it, yeah, it, you have to dig deep. Not that, you know, it's a humor writer is better than any other writer. It's just a different type of digging. And then to make someone laugh, it's easy just to read a book and you just keep a straight face and you're reading. But when you're reading and you start crying or you're reading and you start laughing, that takes a little more work to get that from somebody just reading your writing. So uh, yeah. And, and, you know, so many fans do appreciate it. So many readers do appreciate that and know it, but yeah, I think there's reviewers that just go, no, I'm just, I didn't like the way this, this thing went in particular. So, and you know, to them, whatever, I have some extra barrier on this one. When I have anything, you know, slightly negative in my mind, I go, oh, well, well, Doris liked it, you know, and that's kind of cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know, not everyone's going to like your stuff. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and that's okay because if everyone liked everything, how boring the world would be. I know we would all share the same sense of humor and then we would probably all get really tired of each other. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. So for those, for those, you know, negative Nancy's out there, that's fine. Their opinion, it's, a you know, you've read it, you've thought about it and then you let it go. <laughs> right, right. It's not your cup of tea. And that's what I often say is another, one of the, another reason I like to uh, write books is to find people who I share a sense of humor with and make friends that way. You know, it's so hard to make friends. We don't go sit in bars and just hang out. That's just not, you know, what most people, especially if you're married and chill, you know, with kids or, or even on, you just can't go hang out in a bar like Cheers or wherever you want to, you know, and, and find your best friend. So by reaching into someone's head and read, you know, telling them the story. And then if they just loved it and, and you can share laughs that it's a great way to make friends. And so many people who have started out as readers for me have become friends. I'm, I pay attention to their life on Facebook. I mean, it's like, you know, stalker. I see your mom, you know, I see your mom and dad bought a new house. How's that going? Is it hard for you? Are you having to help them move? I mean, it's, it's like, it's near that level. Sometimes I keep track and then I'll see them at a signing and I'll say, Hey, how's so-and-so doing? And they'll be like, Oh my gosh. And it's my daily soap opera. You know, it's what I, I, uh, it's a world that I pay attention to and it's fun. And it's, I like how that you're a, that you meld both worlds, your, your, your stories in your real world, you know? Yeah, or, yeah. Or maybe they're just the both, both the same thing, but you, but you meld them both in together. And it's, it's just all a big, it's just all a big part of who you are. And that's probably what makes you a very, very good writer. Well, I hope so. I, I, you know, I'm always working to improve. Always. I study movies. I study books. I love, I'll read them over and over and over trying to figure out why did I love this so much? And then try to incorporate that into my own, you know, life. And, and, you know, on our part, my husband is an author too. He's been with me from the start of this. So he's been in there with all the talk of the books and brainstorming right out of the get-go. Our poor children who are born into this, they, 
often the first question they'll hear us talking about a very you know dramatic situation and they'll come in and go who's this now and you know sometimes it's a real person because families are crazy in real life and sometimes it's not but they always come in going huh I mean just the other day this isn't even a book but one of the things for the last I don't know many many months uh, my husband and I will put on ice road truckers and then go to sleep I don't know. I think it's because I'm hot and he's hot and ice road truckers is always so cold, but we'll have that on. So we were at the breakfast table, um, talking about one of the, one of the guys on there, uh, I think his name's Alex and uh, well, he did this, well, this happened Well, this, and she came out and, and there's a relative named Alex. And she said, what happened to him? And I said, oh, we're talking about ice road truckers. And she just <laughs> throws up her hands. Like, yeah. I never know. I never yeah. know what's real. Is this real life or in the book or what are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty fun. Well, this has been awesome. And I, I always enjoy talking to you and thanks so much for sharing, you know, even more of your writer author journey and your fans and, you know, how much they mean to you. And I think that's just awesome. Let folks know where they can find your books. And if you've got a website, please share that as well. Actually, my website is the best place just because we try to keep everything on there, or at least links to things. And that's www.anncharles.com. There's no E in Ann, so just anncharles.com. And you can go on there and see the books. I have lists of the books order in case you're the kind that like to read, because um, all the series are, are there's a lot of crossovers so you can read them in all the series you know thrown together order or individual series order whatever you want to do and then also i keep the newsletter links like when i send out a newsletter which you can sign up for but it's on my blog so you can go see past newsletters you've missed uh so that's really the best place but i'm on all different kinds of social media facebook instagram twitter you know pinterest you name it i try to have a presence on there awesome awesome so folks be sure to check out anncharles.com so you can check out all of her books, all of the series, see what she's done in the past and what's coming up in the future. And thank you so much yet again for being on Let Fear Bounce. It's been a true pleasure. And as always, it's just a pleasure to talk to you and learn more about your journey. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. This is it's always great to talk to you, Ken. Well, thank you. Thank you. And everybody out there listening, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Let Fear Bounce with my special guest today, USA Today bestselling author Ann Charles. Be sure to get on her website and check out her stuff, award-winning stuff. This is Kim Langland, your host, Let Fear Bounce. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.